Greetings and salutations. Cigar Dave, the general front and center. Today, we will not be conducting our normal broadcast maneuvers. Clearly, the storm Hurricane Ian, Ian the Terrible, as it marched through and just walloped Florida, has put a change in everybody's plans, some far more than others. But normally, we would be conducting today the first day of Cigar Oktoberfest. We're not going to conduct that today. Earlier this week, we would have also been conducting on our Bold Alpha Brother podcast, our month-end National Bourbon Heritage Month, spirit tasting, our bourbon tasting with Tommy Diadio from Corona Cigars. That we will postpone for obvious reasons. Many of us had to evacuate. Businesses closed. Just a, uh, a unprecedented type storm that took place in Florida this week. So let me just share some thoughts with you over the next few minutes. I realize that 95% of you this did not affect, but clearly when you see in the news the devastation of Hurricane Ian between the tidal surge, flooding, rain, wind damage, just absolutely over the charts, off the charts, came in as a cat for hurricane. So devastating effects. You look at the video from Fort Myers Beach, just wallop. You've seen the bridge to Sanibel, a section of it just gone. Amazing the amount of destruction. I have spoken to many people, not just where the hurricane made landfall, but throughout the entire state. Now, earlier this week, we started watching, actually last week, All of us in Florida, especially on the West Coast, started watching the storm to see where the track would take it. And around, I would say, a week ago today, today being Saturday, October 1st, the track really started to shift towards Saturday, Sunday. The forecasters started to say the track was shifting more northerly towards a direct Tampa hit, Tampa Bay hit. There was one forecaster who never changed his forecast. Joe Bastardi, formerly of AccuWeather, one of the foremost meteorologists in the, not only in the country, I think in the world, now of a company called WeatherBell, he never changed his forecast. He said, I still believe this track is going to take it to somewhere in southwest Florida, Naples, Fort Myers, uh, uh, Venice, somewhere in that area. Never changed his forecast. He was on with Sean Hannity earlier this week and he explained why, talking about the various nuances with land interaction and other things, and I won't get into the, the scientific data with you on that, but suffice to say, he never changed his forecast. And he said, I've got tons of clients in Florida. And they all called saying, all the other forecasters, the National Hurricane Center, all calling for this to hit Tampa Bay. And he said, nope, I'm not revising my forecast. This is where I believe it will hit. And he turned out to be right. And what took place back last Sunday and then Monday, we saw TV meteorologists, not only in local markets, but national forecasters as well, national meteorologists on all the networks saying it would take a miracle for Hurricane Ian to shift track and wobble and 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 turn away from Tampa Bay. They all said it repeatedly. Some of the best meteorologists that I trust here in the Tampa Bay area said the same thing. Don't see it. It would take a miracle. So what happened? 
People along Southwest Florida got complacent. We saw people saying, well, it's going to hit Tampa. It's not going to hit us. We'll get some outer bands. We'll get some wind. We'll get some rain. And what do they always say about a hurricane? Don't look at the center track. Look at the cone. Watch the cone. The cone absolutely looked as if it could hit somewhere between Marco Island all the way north past Tampa Bay. Evacuation orders went out. I began making hotel reservations, planning, and I evacuated along with Pendragon's Royal Baron on Monday afternoon, correction, Tuesday morning to high ground in Orlando. And specifically, when I chose the hotel that I, I, I made my reservation, I looked at the elevation and they were on high ground, not near any rivers. So I evacuated. Basically, you button up your house as best as you can. You hope that when you come back, your house will be intact. You don't know. But to me, safety was paramount. So Baron and I evacuated, stayed in Orlando, and returned yesterday afternoon. Many people did not heed the evacuation orders in Level A and Level B areas. Sanibel, Level A. Many parts of uh, of Naples, Level A. Fort Myers Beach, Level A. Many people in Tampa did not evacuate. I know several of my neighbors did not evacuate. We hear over and over people saying, get out, evacuate, plan, take a go bag, take your important documents, get out. I don't care. And my feeling was if I couldn't find a hotel, I was just going to keep driving northeast until I could get out of it. If that meant one night sleeping in the car at a rest stop, I would have done that. Many people, no matter how many times you tell them, this is going to be a serious storm. This is not, we are not kidding around. This is going to come in as a Cat 3 or Cat 4. We're going to see massive rain. We're going to see storm surge. And what do people say? I've been through hurricanes. I'll just ride it out. I don't feel, I'm just going to stay right here. How many of them today would change their mind and say, I'm evacuating. I'm out of here. The devastation is just incredible. And it the, the storm was so large, 250-plus miles across, that it hit every part of the state. It came in and just absolutely slammed Fort Myers Beach. You have seen the pit- pictures. Go to social media. Go to the various news sites. You will see the devastation. What used to be a booming Fort Myers Beach area, gone, wiped out. You can see the difference on satellite. Not too long ago, I had lunch at a very great, just a a wonderful restaurant, seafood restaurant in downtown Fort Myers. And downtown Fort Myers, making a nice comeback. They really rehabbed it, bustling, booming, a lot of things going on. I will most certainly guarantee that that restaurant, and just several blocks from the water, probably inundated with, with storm damage, if it's still standing. Who knows? Then the storm went to the central part of the state. As I drove back yesterday on Interstate 4, which was a parking lot, what normally should take an hour and 15 minutes took four hours. Ridiculous. Everybody heading back, that evacuated, heading back to their homes on the west coast of Florida. But I saw numerous, billboards, forget it. They They were blown out, blown away. Even those big, large highway signs that have the big exit numbers with the cities, huge. 
they were either tossed over, bent over, just destroyed. In Orlando, where I stayed, massive flooding. Various areas flooded out. People had to be rescued. Same thing in along the East Coast, going up to uh, Daytona Beach, going up to St. Augustine. And then as the storm went out, it went back around, took a northwesterly track, hit South Carolina, moving through North Carolina. Now it's, it's dissipating in the Ohio Valley and parts along the East Coast. Ian the Terrible will certainly not be forgotten. The, the benchmark for hurricanes was always Hurricane Andrew. When Hurricane Andrew came through, that changed the entire thinking of how we think about, just how we think about and, and, and plan for hurricanes, from building planning to, to evacuation to post-recovery to people preparing, getting water, getting food. People were unprepared. Hurricane Andrew changed everything about hurricane preparedness in Florida. Now, people get water. People get food. People buy batteries. People buy flashlights. People buy generators. There is a tax-free holiday, about a one-week period in early June, the start of hurricane season, where people now go stock up. Don't wait to the last second. And most of us Floridians do that. But even if you do stock up, you cannot be prepared for a Cat 4 hurricane, on the verge of a Cat 5, 155-mile-an-hour winds with 10, 15-foot storm surge coming in, you can't prepare for that. You've got to evacuate. And unfortunately, hundreds of thousands of people did not evacuate. Now, when it comes to the cigar industry, I spoke to several people. First off, Voice Talent Ed, our wonderful voice talent, he had tremendous damage caused by the wind to his home. Tremendous damage, still without power, I believe. I spoke to Nish Patel just before I began recording this broadcast. Nish told me that they all congregated at Rocky's house, and Rocky lives on a canal on the water. Not exactly. And I said, Nish, how could you do that? He said, I know, I know. I said, I'm going to have to have a little a little uh, boot camp, hurricane boot camp preparedness session with you Rocky, and uh, Cousin Nimish, Nimish Desai. They rode it out there. They thought Rocky's uh, boat, fishing boat, was just going to get thrown away, just basically just just come off its uh, the boat lift and, and just float away. They had water, he said, storm surge right to the top of the mailbox. Spoke to several other people that lived down in the Fort Myers, Naples area. Without power, they had their storm... Their storm shutters up, but they said they were freaking out as they started to see the water approach. Many people wrote it out. Some people, I talked to somebody who told me that they had they had uh, water that was really rising and they were getting worried. Luckily, when it got to around two, three feet of their first floor, it started to subside. This was devastating on numerous, just multiple levels. People that were affected, their houses are destroyed. It's going to take them time to rebuild. The trauma of going through this, the infrastructure. Now, I will say this, that because of Hurricane Andrew and other previous hurricanes, state preparedness and preparedness by private companies, utility providers, far in excess of what it was 20, 
30 years ago. As an example, all the power companies have reciprocal agreements now with other power companies throughout the United States. So for example, there were, I believe I, I, I read somewhere along the line that there were like a 800 or 1,000 power trucks that were being staged in various parts of Florida. For example, Duke Energy said they had, I think, 500 trucks ready to go. Other power companies staged it in other parts of the state, some even in Georgia, so they'd be ready to go away from the storm. And they have reciprocal agreements with power companies. For example, I read that there were power companies from Minnesota, from Carolinas, from New York State, from Illinois that were all coming down, and vice versa. In the event that there is catastrophic damage in other states, for example, Florida Power and Light, Tampa Electric, um, Duke Energy, they will send crews to other states. That's the only way that you can restore power in a reasonable amount of time. You can't do it with just the employees with the crews and trucks that you have. So they were ready to roll. And I believe I read that one time there were 2.1 million people without power in Florida. And yesterday, Governor DeSantis said it's now down to just over a million homes without, or yeah, I think a million homes without uh, without power. And that is improving every day. Mobile self companies. I tried calling to several people, couldn't get through. Luckily, they were able to get in their car. They, they, They drove east until they could get a signal where there was a, cell phone company that had had their t- a cell tower that had backup power generation and they were able to call and text and let me know they were okay but now we have these cell phone companies that are going to be bringing in about 300 of what they call these um, I think it's called a cert I, I can't remember what the acronym stands for but it's basically it's an emergency response transmitter and they're they're mobile some even have satellites so they're all self-contained they have their own power generation They basically uh, either can use landlines or they have a satellite. So what happens is they set up this small tower. It provides enough rudimentary service. You're not going to get super fast 5G, but it's enough for you to text and for you to make calls. They they set this thing up, sets up very quickly, self-contained power. They direct the satellite and they are back in business. And they've got 250 or 300 of these that they are deploying in Southwest Florida and other areas that were hit. And certainly, FEMA is far better prepared today with water, with food, with, with emergency services, far better today than we were even 10 years ago. One of the things that was learned from several storms in the past was that nursing homes, especially if you look in New Orleans during Katrina, nursing homes, many of them did not have emergency backup power. Well, in the state of Florida, the legislature enacted laws saying every nursing home facility must have backup power generation, must be tested on a regular basis. They must have fuel, must be able to keep the power operating. Governor DeSantis earlier this year sent out an order to the Department of, I think it's Health and Human Services in Florida, or whatever the equivalent agency is, to make sure that every nursing home was inspected. They found about 150 nursing homes did not pass, and they were given a very short time to get in compliance. And my understanding from the governor's press conference is they all got into compliance. So we have not heard of any situations where nursing homes 
or even hospitals uh, did not have power. Now, on a long-term basis, you look at Fort Myers, many of the hospitals, they're going to have to evacuate patients. You can't stay on, even if they get power, there has been some wind damage and other damages. But the, the response is far better today. But that doesn't mitigate the fact that if you are sitting without power, without communication services, without food or water, in a hot and humid Florida, although the temperature moderated, as soon as Ian moved through, it's like nothing ever happened. Blue skies, cool temperatures. I went to uh, take Pendragon's Royal Baron out to do his business at uh, 6 a.m. The day, what was it, yesterday? That would have been Thursday. No, it was yesterday morning, Friday morning, after everything had passed. Blue skies, 6, 6.30 a.m., it's 60 degrees outside. You'd say there's no way in hell that a day before there were howling winds and massive sheets of rain causing the destruction it did. You would never know it. So when we look today, there are going to be people that are displaced, their livelihoods, their homes, gone. The emotional impact, tremendous. But no matter how many times emergency management people tell people, please evacuate, And people would give excuses saying, well, I don't want to leave my pet. Now there are pet-friendly shelters. The governor directed and asked, didn't direct, but requested that every hotel waive their pet policy. I talked to people that ended up going to the east coast of Florida that said, hotels normally not pet-friendly, but they said, no problem. For this storm, we're going to waive it. We're going to allow pets. There's no excuse anymore. Now, I understand there are some people that are elderly that can't get out. One of the things that will probably have to be looked at is a registry where we have people that are immobile or seniors that can't easily get out, that maybe there is a registry and we can get buses, we can, we can get assistance to help get people out. But there are so many people, able-bodied, that said, no, I'm just going to ride it out. And I'm talking about smart people. You cannot ride it out. Don't ride it out. Again, I've got neighbors of mine that said, I'm going to ride it out. I said, you're on your own. And the governor said, in the event you have a medical emergency or water is rising, we w- and you call 911, we will not be sending anybody out. We're not going to put our first responders in danger. You were warned. You were given ample notice. We have shelters. In fact, in, the, in Tampa... All the schools shut down Monday through Friday. They turned many of them into shelters. They prepared. They had everything open, ready to go. So this storm just absolutely devastating. Now I realize that affects a small portion, but when I see a wildfire or an earthquake or other natural disasters in other parts of the country, you feel for those people. You say, geez, that's horrible. You imagine what would it have been like. And I can tell you that I was very concerned whether or not I would even come back to a standing home upon return. If this would have hit in Tampa, in the devastation level, I am telling you, Tampa being on the water, much of Tampa, the South Tampa area, is low-lying at sea level. There is no question the devastation would have been just... Catastrophic, like we're seeing in Fort Myers Beach and Sanibel and Marco and Naples and other other parts. 
So it is definitely a a very difficult time for many people. Keep those people in mind. Certainly, uh, I, when I came back, I was thankful I had minimal damage, but I didn't. It wasn't a rejoicing kind of thing. Saying, "Great, I'm so happy, my house is here." I immediately said, "I'm lucky." But man, those people down in Southwest Florida, I feel for them because it easily could have happened to me. Now, one thing I do want to talk about. When we talk about natural disasters, people's lives being ruined, people's lives being just devastated, people's people's belongings, their their furnishings, their in many cases their jobs, fa- some family members may have passed away. It is not a time to become political. I'm political as anybody. During the week, during normal times, you know my political stand. You know that I'm a conservative. You know that I'm against big government. You know that I'm against socialism, Marxism, communism, any other ism. You know that. But when it comes to a hurricane or a natural disaster, I didn't look and say, gee, I hope that Governor Gavin Gavin Newsom in California fails with all those wildfires. I hope everybody's house burns down that way and he doesn't he doesn't get crews there and 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 really fails on the job so that people won't vote for him again. Never once would I think that. The first thing I would think is, hey, I hope that people in California, their houses, that, that fire crews can save their homes, that they're safe from harm's way that the government gets together, whether it's federal, local, state, they can help these people. It is not a time to be political. There are times to be political, and there are times to be humane. Unfortunately, I have seen many Democrats, many liberals, many members of the lib media becoming political like it was any other day. Whether it was Joy Reid, by the way, she shouldn't even be named Joy. Her name should be Joyless because she's such a miserable prick. Joyless Reid of MSNBC, or we may as well call it what it is, BSDNC, has a conversation with two clowns saying, well, now the people of Florida, a red state, know what it's like to have to get up and migrate to other states, just like all the the migrants that are coming through the southern border. No, they're not migrants, they're illegal aliens. We are talking about citizens in the United States, citizens of Florida. We're not talking about people that illegally climbing, going through a river to get into the United States. We're talking about people escaping the equivalent of a nuclear hurricane. There's a huge difference. But again, they can't help themselves because they're so miserable in their own lives that the only way they can be happy is to generate misery for others. In a time of misery and tremendous stress while a a, a Cat 4 bordering Cat 5 hurricane is on the way. Never fails to amaze me. And then President Biden initially didn't call Governor DeSantis. Went through the FEMA administrator. Now that's fine, but when you're a president, you pick up the phone. President Trump had no problem calling Gavin Newsom saying, whatever you need will be there. And in fact, Gavin Newsom came up and said, I have to give it to thank President Trump. He delivered for us. Then, of course, afterward, 
when it when the wildfires passed and then of course it got political again he had to backtrack it that's another story Andrew Cuomo when he was governor of New York said we need the ship get the comfort ship up here during the Wuhan virus uh, pandemic President Trump got it out of dry dock in what five days six days got it up to New York Cuomo said I've got to thank the president he got it here of course did they use it that's another story no There's a time to be political. There's a time to be a humanitarian. Numerous other examples. I saw on CNN and and, and BSDNC, whenever they were interviewing the director of the Hurricane Center, they had to interject, well, what about climate change? Climate change has this effect. We're seeing more rain in these hurricanes than before. Don Lululemon, one of the dumbest if not the dumbest broadcaster on news, new, new, lib newscaster on television today, who just lost his primetime gig. And the reason he lost it is because he's a moron. He's an idiot. He's a boor. He's a, he, he's, he's a buffoon. Not very bright. Got no ratings. And now they moved him to the morning show. And they're going to move him until his contract is done. And when it's done... He'll be gone. And he said, oh, this is a promotion. <laughs> yeah, sure it is. You go from prime time to the mornings, getting up at 3 in the morning, yeah, that's a promotion. Sure it is. He asked the acting director of the National Hurricane Center, well, what about, uh, what, what, what about uh, climate change and there's more rain? And the, national, the director said, I'm here to talk about the hurricane. I'm here to talk about the impacts this is, go- this is going to have. I'm here to talk about people needing to you know heed this these warnings and where it's going and don lulu Lamon couldn't stop kept going and the director of the hurricane center acting director stood his ground but that didn't stop other anchors at cnn and msnbc from doing the same thing they couldn't help themselves never mind the fact that there were more hurricanes Looking back, if you look at the last 50 years compared to the previous 50 years before that, we've had fewer hurricanes the last 50 years than we did the 50 years prior. So if we go back 100 years to 1922, was there global warming? Was there climate change back in 1922? There's been climate change on this planet for millions of years. How do you think the oceans and the land was formed? Climate change, that's how. You think Niagara Falls just uh, just basically was man-made? No. It was created over thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Remember, we had the Ice Age. There were no cars during the Ice Age. There were no factories during the Ice Age. There were no planes during the Ice Age, yet they conveniently forget about it. Now, talking about the reasons why, we see these liberal groups push climate change. That is the topic of another show. And I'll believe me, I will go into it at length. As I've told you before, it is nothing more than a wealth transfer scheme. It is a way to shove socialism down everyone's throat under the guise of if we don't do this, the planet is going to burn up or it's going to explode. Remember when we heard global warming from Al Gore? 
global warming, global warming. This was started, you know, 50 years ago we started hearing this, but 30 years ago, global warming. And then when all of a sudden we had a number of years where it was cooler than normal, they had to change their tact because global warming, that wasn't working anymore. That narrative was out the door. So what did they change it to? Climate change. Not global warming, now it's climate change. We have climate change every day on this planet, millions of times a day around the world. The climate is different here than it is in New York State. It's different here than it is in Alaska. It's different around the world. That is climate change. But for them to politicize this and then go after DeSantis, I mean, just some of the things I'm hearing. I heard some some uh, uh, Florida politics, A one of the, I think the editor of Florida politics goes on Twitter and says, oh, the, the, the governor went to a high school football game. This is a week ago, a week ago Friday. Storm hadn't hit, but he had already started issuing declarations and already started telling people, this is what we've got to prepare for. He was already conducting press conferences. He starts going after him because he attended a Friday a football game that Friday night. The hurricane wasn't here, but he'd already declared and was already telling people, you got to start preparing. They cannot accept the fact that Governor DeSantis is succeeding in leading Florida, in leading emergency responders, in leading the state emergency disaster apparatus. They cannot accept the fact that that Governor DeSantis did his job. And I will say this, going way back, when you look at, uh, at, at, at governors, it really started with Governor Bush when, right after Andrew, it was Governor Childs, who was a Democrat in Florida, Andrew hit, and we really weren't prepared in the state. Everything changed after that. Governor Bush, for eight years, we had a, numer- a number of storms. We had one year, I think it was 2004, where we had storms crisscrossing the state. We had like three in three weeks. It was ridiculous. He led Florida well. Charlie Crest, when he was governor, wasn't a great governor, but during the, we had several hurricanes, several storms, he was out front making sure people took heed, people listened to warnings, getting everything prepared, getting our emergency emergency, uh, providers staged. Did a good job. Governor DeSantis, uh, Governor uh, uh, Scott, Rick Scott, great job. Governor DeSantis, same thing. It is not the time to be political. But the Democrats are just so worried that, number one, Florida has been successful during the Wuhan virus. We opened up the state. People are happy. They know he's going to win by at least 10, 12 points. And after this hurricane, I'm telling you right now, he's going to win by 20 points. Not that he would say, oh, I hope we have a hurricane. That way I can increase my lead. No, because he's doing things competently. And that's what people want. And Florida will rebuild. It will take a while. It may take years. But you can be sure. Florida will absolutely rebuild. Fort Myers will come back bigger and better. The Southwest Florida region will come back bigger and better. We will succeed. And the libs, the dems, the lib media, they can't stand that. And it really is pathetic that during a time of natural disaster that we can't have an anchor on CNN or on BSDNC to just talk about the facts. Where is the storm going to hit? How is this going to affect people? 
What do we know? What, what, where do we think it's going to go? Instead, well, what about climate change? Instead, the, the Floridians now know what it's like to be, to be migrants. We know that's a load of nonsense. To equate one with the other, it's nauseating. And it really just tells you how pathetic those people are that they cannot separate politics from humanitarian between just be politics, humanitarian, uh, a, a humanitarian disaster. They can't get it out of their DNA. It really, truly is pathetic. I understand you may not be a Dem- or may not be a Republican. You may not like Governor DeSantis. Great, as I said, I'm not a Gavin Newsom fan. I think he's a putz. But when the wildfires took place, I never said, "Gee, I hope he fails." I said, hey, I hope they all succeed. I hope we get the resources and let's put the things out. Because that easily could be you and I. Nobody wants a natural disaster to hit someone else. If you are, then you are a depraved individual. And I believe there are a lot of depraved lib media types who really believe deep in their heart they're happy that this is happening. There is a one tweet that I want to share with you. And let me just find it here. It was sent to me. And I was just, when when I saw this tweet, I was just mortified. I mean, Dan Rather sent out political type tweets. There were other people that, that, that well-known people. But there was an actor, an Emmy, what is it, Academy or Emmy Award nominee. Let me see if I can find this because it really, to me, it, it just, it signified just how pathetic people can get during times of disaster when there is no reason the tweets that should have said, thinking about all those people in Florida. Hope people in Florida are going to be safe. Hope people in Florida are going to be okay. Hope people in Florida are, you know, are, 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 are going to get back to normal quickly. But no, can't do that. So let me, as I, as I look here, let me see if I can find this. I think I have it here. I think I have it here. Okay, there is a gentleman. I don't even know if it's a gentleman, woman. I don't know what it is. I think he's... Uh, I'll let you be decide uh, decide what he is. So let's just say he doesn't exactly look like an alpha male from his picture, if you know what I mean. His name is Randy Rainbow. He on his Twitter bio it says four-time Emmy-nominated comedian, so basically he didn't win. Actor, singer, internet sensation, New York Times best-selling author, and he's got a fall tour going on. So apparently he's a comedian actor who the hell knows and he basically tweeted something that I thought was pretty boorish any way you look at it this was three days ago the tweet was sent September 27th 9.05 p.m. my thoughts are with friends and family in Florida as they brace for a devastating surge of Ron DeSantis's effing face. And I'm cleaning it up for this show so that it's not, this isn't a not suitable for work edition of the Cigar Dave show. My thoughts are with family, friends and family in Florida as they brace for a devastating surge of Ron DeSantis's effing face. You think that's right? You think that's normal? You think that is, is has any modicum of decency or class, it doesn't. It doesn't. 
And the number of people who replied. One person, I live in Florida. I despise Ron DeSatan. I'm in Florida, and he might have important info on the hurricane, but damn, I can't stand to look at him or hear him speak. These people are just pathetic. And again, they are so miserable in their own lives. The only way they can feel good about themselves is to destroy and piss on other people's lives. That's really what it boils down to. Here's somebody saying, the area where it's coming ashore is pretty solidly Republican, so I expect uh, he'll be quite nice. I mean, come on. People know better. There's a time, there's a place. You want to get political? I have no problem with it. But there's a time, there's a place. This is not the time, and this is definitely not the place. Our thoughts definitely with all those people affected in southwest Florida. It is not going to be an easy haul. So many homes were destroyed. Power, going to take time to come back. I just read that one of the power companies stated they think they'll have, in some areas, power back by Monday night, but others it could be next week. And you're talking about devastating, just infrastructure that was devastated in Lee County. Is it Collier County or Lee County? I can't remember which one, either Fort Myers or Naples. One of the water mains just uh, is, is basically out. Big water main break. So the Army Corps of Engineers is down. They're, number one, trying a temporary fix. And you know they will find a temporary fix, but it's going to probably have to be rebuilt, which will take much longer. Same thing to go to Sanibel. I'm sure there will be either ferries or leave it to the Army Corps of Engineers. They will find a way to temporarily traverse that bridge. It's a small section that sits on sand on the land side, but leave it to them. Maybe they'll find a way. So what we should all be thinking about now is hoping that everyone in Southwest Florida, number one, is safe. Number two, that they can get back to normal as soon as possible, even though normal will be quite different for a while, but at least get power back, get cell phone service back, get water service back, and that they will have temporary housing in the interim. The good news is in Florida... We have excellent leadership. They will cut through bureaucracy. We aren't New York State. We aren't Michigan. We aren't the People's Republic of California. Governor DeSantis, the leaders, legislators, they will get things moving. And in cooperation with FEMA and the uh, Department, the uh, Army Corps of Engineers, things will start to get back to normal, although it will take a great amount of time. So to all of you that have relatives or even live for some reason, you may be evacuated, you're out, but you have uh, property damage, hopefully no life issues, no uh, issues where uh, friends, relatives were trapped, were couldn't get out. Our thoughts with all of you. Not the time, in my estimation, to be doing the kickoff to Cigar Oktoberfest, even though 95% of the country did not experience any effects. But however, many of us did. Sergeant Steve, I know, evacuated to the East Coast. 
voice talent ed. He had a tremendous amount of property destruction at his home. I'm thinking about my good buddy, George Sosa, Master Chief George Sosa, uh, the owner of Cigar Cigars down in or, or in uh, uh, Sarasota, several, several locations. He had a tremendous amount of damage to his home. So we're thinking about him. I'm thinking about Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Patel, everybody at Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. I'm thinking about my friends that live in Fort Myers and Naples, thinking about all of them and uh, hoping that there is a quick recovery, a quick road to recovery, and that we all move forward now. And you can be sure, I, I noticed that many companies have already donated very generously uh, the First Lady of Florida, Casey DeSantis, she's uh, spearheading a fund, a relief fund. I noticed that public supermarkets gave a million dollars. Jeff Vinnick, who's the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning, he gave a million dollars personally. The Tampa Bay Lightning Foundation gave a million dollars. The owners of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave a million dollars. The uh, the uh, CEO founder of Amscot Financial gave a million dollars. So we're seeing many people that are stepping up. Uh, certainly to assist big companies. And I noticed Governor DeSantis said that he listed about 10 wet restaurants that were already starting to provide food for people and, and provide food for first responders. And what's amazing is you don't need government to do that. You don't need government to come in and say, hey, can you help? People just do it. People are doing it. And I'm sure that we, those of us that are in the cigar industry, we're going to get together this week and find a way that we can help maybe a, a generate a fundraiser or a fund that we can assist as well. So to all of those that are in Southwest Florida, we are hoping, number one, that you're safe. Number two, a quick recovery back to normal, even though we know it's not going to be that quick, but we hope at least there's some semblance of normalcy getting back soon with getting water, getting power, getting cell service, getting things back up and running. To those of you in the rest of the country, keep them in your thoughts as well. Cigar Dave the General, so long from Command Center Alpha.